to the Soul Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kuttner, and I'm so glad you're here. This podcast will help you find ways to live a more authentic life. Every week, I have guests on the show from yoga teachers to meditation instructors, everyone to help you feel like the best you. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, so today I have Michelle from Normalizing Nutrition on the show. She is going to debunk diet myths, help you feel more connected to yourself, help you understand nutrition better. She has so much great advice, and I'm so excited for this episode. Michelle, thank you for being on the show today. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Michelle, I would love if you could share your story about why you started this. Um, I think that will resonate with so many people. Yeah, definitely. So I actually, well, one, I I grew up in an Italian family, so we were always around um, food, good food. And it's, it, for me, fortunately, there was a lot of like positive experiences with food. Um, and then when I got into like high school, I learned about nutrition and I was really fascinated because I was like, wow, this is, this is actually like why we eat, not just because it's delicious. Um, so I learned about the power of food while also learning about um, the power of our thoughts. So I don't know if you're probably familiar with like the law of attraction and I came across the secret. So I was really kind of pulled towards, um, you know, the power we have in our choices every day and that food affects our, you know, our well-being and therefore our quality of life, same thing with our thoughts. Um, so this duality you know, looking back in hindsight became important because, or, or was always there for me, which is like fundamentals of the concept of normalizing nutrition. Um, but yeah, so then I, I quickly learned that not everyone was as excited about nutrition as I was and felt, felt positively. Um, I saw a lot of people close to me, including relatives and friends and teammates who had suffered from um, disordered eating and, um, you know, really negative relationships with food. I mean, I myself had a stunt of struggling with um, how to like really fuel my body and understand it and kind of being at war with myself at a time. Um, so it kind of just inspired me, you know, after I became a, a dietitian or that kind of fueled my fire to become a dietitian and study all the science, um, to kind of, again, like change our approach to nutrition and remind people that we can in fact use it in a very positive way and nutrition, you know, shouldn't be viewed at like food shouldn't be viewed at as good or bad, um, and in fact, when we make peace with it and we understand the use of it and the power of it, it can be like such a positive tool and impact our lives um, so positively. And the same thing with our thoughts. And that's all connected with, you know, our health and our well-being and our behavior. So I kind of, I guess, got into it. That's it. Honestly, Rachel, like normalizing nutrition is like so much of me that it's hard to explain exactly how, but that's kind of like the big, big picture there. 
Yeah, I love your why. I think it's so important to understand how nutrition is supposed to nourish you, but you can also have a healthy relationship with food. I think especially like in today's culture, so many people have these disordered eating patterns and they they follow fad diets like keto or whatever. And it's leaving them feeling deprived and it's not the best for their health. So that's that's amazing that you help people find peace with food so that they can, you know, live their lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and, and the thing is too, it's like what people don't, what I see in our society is that we approach nutrition and eating healthy as like a means to an end. So a lot of the times we only pay attention to our nutrition if we're trying to lose weight or, you know, if we have like a specific reason, um, and then insert all the fed diets to try to like get us there. When in reality, it's like we have the rest of our lives to eat. So if we can just make that piece and, you know, see food for what it really is um, versus just something to manipulate our bodies for vanity or aesthetics, um, we can just kind of free up our energy for so many other things. So normalizing nutrition is really just making it like a normal, healthy part of your life versus, you know, the next fad thing or like, how else can I like manipulate food this, you know, this season or this diet. So I love that so much. I think a lot of people kind of like suffer in silence from things like eating disorders or, you know, types of disorder eating. So it's great to help people just, you know, live a better life because they're not consumed by what they're eating. That's so amazing in my opinion. Yes, definitely. You have a lot more um, energy when you're not always thinking about food. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so in addition to the great work that you do with clients, um, I know you have a course. I'd, I'd love to hear about the course um, that you have and offer people. Yeah, so the Normalize Your Nutrition Academy is really um, a opportunity to, to become what I call a nutrition native. So someone who understands the nutrition principles and foundations, um, you know, of general health that, that oftentimes Rachel gets like overlooked because we think, oh, you know, it's not really sexy, the, the, the main principles of nutrition, but, um, you know, they're, that doesn't mean they're not like true and what we really should be following. Um, so we can have that peace. So it's kind of like, um, an educational, like I always say like, oh, it's like a fun college course where you're really learning about nutrition in a digestible way. Um, and in a way that like, you can actually learn it and apply it to your life. Um, so you're not just only learning about the different macronutrients, but like, okay, how can you eat them? And how can you make that possible? No matter who you are, where you are, like what you do. So giving like the, cause I think a lot of um, education in the traditional sense misses that um, functionality piece, which I, I value so much. I appreciate when um, when you have that, when you learn something and you can apply it and, and things like that. So definitely becoming educated on the truth of nutrition is a huge, huge piece of that because I think so many people 
fall victim because the lack of education um, is, is one part of it. So a lot of the times it's like that saying, when we know better, we do better which isn't always the case, but I like to think of it as when we, when we know better, we're less likely to fall victim for the things in diet culture. Um, and from personal experience, I think that's really what helped me avoid like that rabbit hole that so many women and even some men go down of like disordered eating because I had always, I, I was studying the facts of nutrition, becoming a registered dietitian. So I really value that education. And I think as human beings who eat, we all need to, we all need that piece. Um, so definitely the, the science there, nutrition natives. Um, and then a, another huge piece of the academy is, is really becoming connected to yourself and becoming self-aware. So a lot of the times people think that it's like, oh, just tell me what to eat. Like, just give me the meal plan, Michelle. Just give me the, the list of foods of, you know, what I can and cannot eat. And, you know, that doesn't work for a, a multitude of reasons. But one of the biggest things is, Rachel, that like, as humans, like we, we have this thing, this power within us, this internal barometer is what I call that makes a huge difference in our nutrition and our and therefore on our physical health. So I'm talking things like being in tune with your body. So um, are you really hungry for food or are you just stressed out? So you're hungry for something else. Are you, you know, do you really want that late night snack or are you craving love or connection with someone else? So the, there's a whole part of the, the academy and the course that really walks you through how to have that deeper connection with yourself. So one, you can, um, you know, just be become more connected, but two, you can that, therefore honor yourself and nourish the part of you that you're that really wants to be nourished. Because again, with the food, you know, we use food and alcohol, things like that, that impact our nutrition. Um, you know, even when we know what to eat. So we have to stay like, you know, that's what I call like the soul piece getting connected, becoming woke, like, um, is a huge part of the academy. And then learning to like integrate both both of those things when now you are aware, you're grounded and you have the nutrition education. What what does that now look like in your life so you can hashtag uh, normalize your nutrition? I love that so much. I, I literally cannot help smiling because I think when you educate people, you empower them. And when they're empowered, they can make better choices. They can become happier. I love that you tie in the soul piece. I think that's really great advice. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting because you would agree, like your body has so much wisdom, like your body will tell you what it needs. Your body will tell you when you're hungry, when you're tired. And we get out of touch with this internal wisdom that will really help us be, you know, guided to make better decisions. So it's so great that you connect the soul piece too. So it's, it's education, it's empowerment, it's the mind, body, soul connection. Such a great course. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it's a loaded course. And it's kind of, you know, it's the, the person who really wants to walk down that path and do some of the deeper work. That's kind of, you know, a big piece of who, who I am and what my message is, because I truly believe to, to make a significant change and to change your behaviors and your relationship with food, you have to, you know, have that deeper connection. So 
Yeah, it's like a, a, I would say it's a hybrid between like a a course and like a coaching intensive. Um, Because of course, you know, you you work through the course and you have um, the coaching to go with it. So, um, you know, I love it. I think it's, I think anyone who's struggling should really do something like that if they want to see a change in their relationship with food and their physical health. Yeah, that's amazing. I I would love if you could share like your favorite tips when it comes to, you know, avoiding diet culture and maybe getting more in touch with your hunger fullness cues. Like what are some of your best tips? Yeah. So the first, so my best tips, I know I I had to think about that one. Um, The first one is definitely just becoming aware. So nutrition aside, Rachel, like not even like, oh, eat this, like whatever. The, the best thing you can do if you're like trying to make a change or you want to be quote unquote healthier is to connect with yourself by just becoming aware. So this can like a tactical tool would be, you know, keeping a journal um, or even just noticing. A, so, so a journal, and I'm not talking about a food tracker, Rachel, I'm just talking about like, you know, an old school, you know, pen and paper journal and keep a track, like keep record for a couple days of like what you eat and drink. Um, and it is a little tedious. And for anyone who has maybe a history of an eating disorder, it could be a little triggering. So this might not be for everyone. Um, and yet if, if it isn't triggering, it's really powerful because as humans we're like, Oh no, I know what I do. I know what I eat, but you really don't realize until you shine that light and you become aware um, so you can do that by keeping that journal or even just self-talk. So the next time you're like in the kitchen or you put food in your mouth, like just be aware, like, am I really hungry? Like that's one of, you know, the, it sounds like the silliest questions, but it's such a powerful question that, um, you know, you can't help but like answer and be like, oh no, I'm actually not really hungry. So you don't have to like have done anything about it, but just create, start creating that awareness is like the first tip that helps you, um, really get connected. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. I think it's so true that once you become aware of things, you can start to change them and implement different habits. So I agree with you that awareness is key. Yes, I would definitely say awareness. And then I would say, um, really getting in tune with like noticing if you're like what your hunger levels are, what your fullness levels are, and just getting like more in tune with, with your body. Again, like all of these things, like most people want to jump straight to the meal plan or straight to the the nutrition, just give me what to eat. And that's why we miss the mark. And we're always looking for the next you know, the next diet, the next thing outside of ourselves. So you have to nourish and foster that connection with yourself, um, by doing things like that, like becoming grounded, becoming connected. So becoming curious, like, you know, what hunger feels like, what hunger feels like to you, what fullness feels like to you, um, and try to honor that, you know, and that's where, that's where the work is that, you know, we might notice things, um, but we might not always honor it. And that's part of also like the journey, the coaching, things like that. Um, and then I would say definitely become educated, like understand the truth about nutrition, like look to where you're getting your information from. Like it's worth meeting with a registered dietitian. It's worth like meeting with a professional or getting information from like the right sources, things like that. 
um, and figuring out what's best for your body. And then the last thing I would just say is understand that it is a lifestyle. So rather than thinking of it as like, oh, I'm going to start like having the mentality of like, oh, I'm going to like go on this diet. Um, if we think about it as like, oh, this isn't like from, from now to then it's like, I'm learning to integrate this healthy lifestyle and make it like something for the long term, um, and kind of release that, that pressure of like, oh, I'm, I'm on a diet because when you say like, oh, I'm on a diet, that means like you could fall off of it or that you can do something wrong or that you can, you know, and then you'll feel guilty. And then you have that start, that start and stop mentality. Um, when in reality, if you just have the mindset of like, oh no, it's a lifestyle. So there's no failing at it. It's only learning. Um, you can kind of avoid some of like the annoying, you know, guilt and things like that. Yeah, I agree with that too. I don't like how restrictive diets can feel. And I feel like anytime you're restricted, it's just gonna, you know, that energy is gonna come out in a different way. So like when you're restricted and you don't feel like you're fulfilled, like where, where's that energy gonna go? I, I just think it's a destructive cycle. So that's great that you pointed that out. I have some questions. I, I wanted to ask like, who is your ideal client? You know, who are the clients that get the most out of your programs? Who are the clients that get the most out of your services? Because there's a full spectrum as amazing as it is. There's a full spectrum of people when it comes to eating. There's the people that maybe are trying to lose weight there. There's some people that are trying to find peace with food. And then there's like all of the in-between. So uh, I just, you know, I, I think that people listening to this will know that you're the person to go to, but if you could just clarify, like the people who get the most out of your services. Yes, definitely. No, there, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of different, um, you know, people and what, and what they're looking for. And I think that's a great question. Um, the, the, the people who get the most out of working with me and like normalizing their nutrition are those who don't really have the, their, their sole goal isn't just to lose the weight and like to just eagerly do it. They're kind of at this point where they're not physically feeling their best. They know that they haven't been showing up for themselves. Um, they're not consistent and they're ready to do something that's nourishing on a deeper level versus just that superficial, like, oh, I just need this, this, and that because I have that event coming up. They're like, no, like I'm ready to, um, learn the principles. Like, the the bet the people who get the most out of it are coming to the table who want to physically feel their best not just now but for the rest of their lives so this can this usually looks like women who are you know late 20s early 30s what kind of at like that transition transition period of their life like ready to set down roots and like just kind of really honor their body after years of like not honoring it consistently um, but truthfully, it also looks like some men as well who are like, no, like, you know, I, I'm not into dieting. I just want to, you know, understand how to the truth about nutrition and how to take care of myself um, and, and understand that it's a process. I think that that's really important. Um, and they're also open to that, like, like I said before, like that deeper connection of like, 
you know, yes, they want to change their physical body and nourish their physical body and learn the nutrition. Um, they also though are open to what are the other things that impact our nutrition? Like, you know, the soul nourishment, the, um, spirituality side of it, the connecting to self. So, yeah, I think it's someone who is valuing more Rachel than just like what meets the eye. They know that their health isn't just about their waistline. They know that it's about so much more and they want to invest in themselves and their body because they know um, the value of like doing the work um, will kind of give them like reap them a longer reward. Does that make sense? hundred <laughs> percent. Everything. You... Great questions, by the way. You're like, I'm like, Ooh, these are good. <laughs> but are, yeah. yeah, you're killing the answers. I think everything you're saying makes sense just to, you know, confirm that for you. I love that you're telling people like, okay, this is a lifestyle. This is of this is not for your event, like coming up. This is how you can nourish your body, mind, and soul for years to come and just feel better in your, in your, in your body. That's great advice. Definitely. Yeah. And I think it's easy to just be like, Oh, it's for the person who wants to lose 20 pounds fast. But like Mm -hmm. in reality, that's kind of the, the problem with a lot of the programs is that, you know, that's alluring. Um, yet it's, it's the thing that kind of gets us into trouble. So I think the, my clients who do the best are definitely those who are kind of aware that it's more than just losing the weight fast. It's doing some of that deeper work for the long-term changes, which is what we all like. That's the point of doing the work, right? Yeah. The long-term changes that stick are really like key. I, I really love that. Um, I have a couple more questions just to go off this question. So what roadblocks specifically do you see people really struggle with when it comes to doing your program? And then what are some of the best transformation stories from doing your program? If you could Mm -hmm. share those. Yeah. So when you say roadblocks, um, do you mean like, what are their obstacles before the program? Yeah, I would say like roadblocks or like things that people get stuck on or their hangups, like the the roadblocks that people have to normalizing their nutrition. What what specific roadblocks do you see people kind of get stuck on? Like, is it because of the media messages? Is it because of, you know, how maybe their parents taught them how to eat? Like, what are the roadblocks you see? Yes. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. I totally get that now. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's, the most obvious, Rachel, is the lack of education. Mm -hmm. So even though a lot of us know like, oh yeah, like fruits and veggies are, you know, good for me. Like we kind of know things intuitively, which is great. Um, We also don't truly understand how to, you know, build balanced meals that support physical health, support, you know, feeling, feeling satisfied, um, and like what that actually looks like. So number one, cause there's so many misconceptions and yes, that comes from diet culture that comes from upbringing that comes from just the beliefs. Like what I, you know, we've heard of the term before limiting beliefs. There's a ton when it comes to nutrition, um, and to food. So it's definitely what we think about food and what we don't know about food definitely gets in their way of normalizing their nutrition. Um, the ability to honor your, your own needs and, and put 
yourself first, put, put taking care of your, making yourself a priority um, is what is really a, ba a barrier because when we're normalizing our nutrition, you have to do that. You have to make it a priority to fuel your body. Um, and I think just the overwhelm of that, of like what that will look like, the idea, well, I don't have six hours on a Sunday to meal prep. So, you know, we, we have a lot of these misconceptions and we have, um, the wrong information. And then we also have like a lot of our own beliefs that aren't even really real that, so a lot of up here gets in our way. Um, I think are, are the biggest barriers and, um, I think, yeah, the, the habits and the patterns that we don't realize are really big things to break. Um, you know, and, and we use them as a numbing mechanism for something else in our life. And, you know, it sounds like what, like, but it really is, you know, all so connected. Like if you were using, if you're an emotional eater, for example, you know, that's, and you understand what to eat Monday through Monday to Monday, but then you don't know how to cope with your emotions when life gets hard, that gets in the way. So it can be like an array of different things, but I definitely think most of it's up here. Um, and then kind of thinking like you not believing the truth about nutrition. So like, that's a huge thing I do with my clients is like, overcoming their fears around food carbohydrates I swear Rachel I would think I would have said it enough but like I have to say it once a week at least like how carbs are in fact our friend um so it's amazing like if you don't overcome those obstacles it's you're gonna have a hard time making peace with food and normalizing your nutrition so yeah mental work so much mental work. It's so interesting, you know, that you say people numb with food and it's just, I also don't like how like every episode of every show, like where there's a heartbreak or something bad happens, like the person numbs it out with like ice cream or alcohol. And that's such a negative message for people or, you know, there's all these other messages that are thrown at people like, Hey, you have to be skinny to feel good about yourself. Like just it's, it's the, I feel like there's just so much that people struggle with. So I was curious, like the biggest ones. And I think, you know, like you said, it, it all begins and ends in our mind and, and what we know about nutrition, how we think about it. And yeah, that's, yes. that's good good solid um understanding I also just want to know the best transformation story of a client you've worked with I'm sure like you have some good ones but maybe like your favorite story mm. yeah that's that's hard to say I think um hmm I would say <laughs> My favorite ones sometimes, or one, one that's really popping out to me is, um, you know, a beautiful, a beautiful client and woman who, you know, had been at war with food and her body and, um, was, was really hard on herself. I think when, when we met and, um, you know, I'm proud of her for having reached out and things like that. Um, and she was doing all the work and what we really uncovered, um, was that there was something else more deeper going on, you know, go figure. Um, and as she was 
making peace with food, she had uncovered um, another issue. <laughs> I know this kind of like doesn't sound like a happy ending, but it, it really was um, because without doing like the self-awareness work and like making the peace with food, she wouldn't have uncovered like deeper wounds that were really driving her um, choices that were affecting her nutrition and her physical body. So although our journey like ended and, you know, she hadn't, she, she kind of dug up a new route. It was a beautiful thing because it was kind of covered for years using a mechanism that wasn't really serving her. Like it, we, it either serves us or it sabotages us is, is kind of what, what I say. And it was just so beautiful to, to kind of witness her through that and then have the courage to move forward from our container to the next container to, to continue like deepening her journey um to become like her her best self so that one kind of pops I don't know if that was like the best one to share but um I just love how when you're on this normalizing nutrition journey you're all you're making peace with food and also you're connecting deeper to yourself and you're kind of becoming more of who you are and these other things come up that um, you realize like, wow, this isn't serving me. And you, you get to make, you get to kind of make peace with all parts of you. If that, does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It sounds like what you did was you, you helped her in the healing journey. I think the healing journey is really interesting because there's so many things that go into our behaviors and the way we think. And when you help people just like uncover some of the reasons why they're stuck, that's so valuable. I, I love that you did that for that client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, it's definitely rewarding. Um, and it just, it just makes you happy because again, people kind of demonize the food or they use that as either, you know, they either, disdain it and use it as a restriction or they're obsessing over it and using it you know like food is getting um the brunt of it and then when you kind of do the work you uncover what's really you know eating at you um which has nothing you know, which often has nothing to do with the food um so yeah and then I think like just my favorite transformations are the people who do come into it like with you know, having all these like negative thoughts around food. And then, um, you know, as they're healing their thoughts around food and their relationship with themselves, they also are like the physical body is becoming, um, well, again, whether that's losing the weight, whether that's getting stronger, um, and that tends to happen well beyond the time that I work with my clients. So, my favorite thing is to like get a message from them sharing like their wins even afterwards, because again, that's the payoff of doing the the deeper work. It will continue to, to pay off. So those are some of like my favorite situations. Yeah. I love that. It's like a residual thing. Like, okay, you do the work now, but this will impact you for years. That's the best type of work. Yes, definitely. Awesome. All right, Michelle, I want everybody to find you, um, to see what you're up to, to see what new things you're going to, um, offer. So if you just want to let everybody know where to find you, how to get in touch with you, that would be great. 
Yeah. The best place, honestly, is um, on Instagram, normalizing underscore nutrition. They can also find me on Facebook. We have the, the free private Facebook group community, normalizing nutrition with Michelle. Um, and yeah, email too, as well. I could always share that with you if someone wanted to, to shoot an email um, my way. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for being on the show. I think you shared so much wisdom for people to become healthier, to feel better. And um, yeah, I would follow her on Instagram. She's got some great content to help you feel better. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It was, it was great. Yeah. My pleasure. I think you're a rock star and I love the work you do. So happy to have you. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for checking out this episode of the Solutions Podcast. For more episodes just like this, be sure to subscribe. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're at Solutions Pod. Thanks again for listening and be sure to check out our next episode.